Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? waiting for the bestiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. Listen up. This is Anything Goes with uh, Dave Martin and Christina Walkinshaw. This week, we are Darren Frost Free. How are you, Christina? Uh, dude, I'm good. How are you? I'm very nice. I just uh, actually, for the very first time uh, coming into the studio, I saw the We Are Not Young uh, video on the I, YouTube. I made you watch that. It's my favorite video on YouTube. It's called We're Not Young. It's a spoof of the fun song called We Are Young. Tonight well, and, we are young. and I depressingly, I depressingly I, okay, I depressingly related to that song. I know, we all do. It's so funny because even there's a part of the song where he's like, uh, he actually says he's 33 and I'm 33. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that video. And I've showed it to so many people and they're all like, how can you just depress me and walk away like that? I'm like, because that's what I do. I'm like a naturally happy person. I'll and depress a, you and walk away. I'm like, this is hilarious, right? We're not young. Look it up. It's amazing. Ugh. There's a line in the song where he goes, so by the time I'm 40 and I'm still a waiter here, I'm killing myself tonight. Are you? Anyways, nobody wants to hear me sing on the radio because it's tragedy. But when that was, love that. that video. It's so good. But there was something about being a functioning alcoholic on in in that song. I don't think there was anything about functioning. No, but, but, definitely then, but like, there was something about them being uh, drinking all the time. Oh, totally. I, oh, man, I relate to that. It's just too easy for me to be like, oh, should I have uh, dinner tonight or a couple of, of beers? It's too, too quickly for me to go from one to the other. Uh, I would say... Uh, Drinking's I would say, fun. Oh, it is. And uh, it makes you run fast. The you know, one thing I... Uh, <laughs> I don't go to... I, you know what? I, I mentioned this. There was an article about the show um, uh, that I had an interview with. Uh, it was uh, this weekend uh, from uh, Denis uh, Grenon, who's also a comedian. He writes for the Toronto Star, and I, uh, I, I said to him over the air, I told him that uh, since uh, we got back on the air here at Anything Goes, that I do not go through, I, do, uh, I don't go to a therapist anymore. Which I think is, have you ever have you ever seen a therapist, Christina? I've never been to therapy. But if you know me, you know I'm like a naturally happy person. I know. It, I'm so lucky. I don't know why. I'm just born this way. Like some people are born certain positive. ways. You're with positive. like six You're... fingers or, you know, with whatever, fetal alcohol syndrome. I was just born happy. Okay. I, it, uh, <laughs> it, it freaks I me know. out and I, I'm jealous about your, 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 your sense of positivity. But I don't do that. I've often referred to a therapist as a, a bartender without drinks. Like someone who will listen to your bullshit and you don't need to worry about a bartender going off and telling someone else your bullshit, right? Do you feel like you get a lot out of therapy? Does that help you? I felt that I did, but I after a while I felt like I'm just making shit up. So, and then when, when we, because we were taken off the air for a while, when we came back, I just, I really felt I got most of my angst out here on the air. And I'd rather tell a whole bunch of strangers than one, well, than one dude, really. That's not I very therapeutic. I feel too much pressure. Like, I don't even... I don't know. Here's a, here's a question for you. I just got interviewed for some for postcity.com um, or whatever. Yeah. And um, anyways, I, I just it was like an online interview and I just answered all the questions she wrote to me. Um, and but in her intro to me, she called me toe headed, but not like toe like I have a toe on my head, but toe headed T O W. So toe headed looking girl because I. Anyways, whatever. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I don't think it made sense. What does toe-headed mean? Okay, you so know then what? I Googled it. Okay. I Googled what does toe-headed mean? And then obviously Google was like, did you mean two-headed girl? And then I saw like 15 pictures of girls with two heads. And then- well, Were they all different pictures of two girls with one head? Yeah, all different girls. They're all different bodies that have two heads on them. But I'm definitely not a two- one cup, one cup and two heads? Is that, <laughs> that would be- no. Actually, you know what? I would probably- That would be the next step. You have the girl with two heads- but uh, I, I was called toe-headed. But, like, the whole interview was definitely exactly what I said. But just in the intro, I was toe-headed. But I don't know what that means. And I even looked it up on Urban... Like, I don't know what that means, toe-headed. Well, okay. Uh... I think we okay. We're going to look that up. Uh, Already while, did, and a whole bunch and of it didn't, pictures. But, okay, but of you, chicks with two heads. Keep. Okay, we'll look it up and we'll go deeper and actually ask what toe-headed okay. means, like T O W. And then, if you headed. guys have new definition or a definition, 
Maybe people can like write to us and be like, okay, if you want to define what toe-headed is, it makes it sound like I'm being towed in and my head is so big. No, that's It doesn't make too. any sense at all. It doesn't. But you figure that why would they mention it if Go it wasn't a positive thing? Go to postcity.com and see it's like me to comedian and it's this lovely interview. I love everything else about the interview, but just that one part well, where I'm toe-headed, I'm really confused. It does confused. sound negative, though. It doesn't sound negative. Don't want to mention it at all. Fuck them. I know. The uh, I want to mention. Actually, I didn't get to mention uh, a chance to mention this off the top. This is the week of August twenty second. It is uh, a Wednesday. Of course, we all know that we record on Mondays here at uh, at the Sirius XM studios. Uh, it has been a quite a week here in uh, in comedy and uh, uh, since we've uh, been away. But uh, Phyllis Diller died today. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Obviously, you- she's a comedic legend. She's a comedic legend. Was she an inspiration to you? I love her. I definitely loved her. She's so charming and sweet and funny. She's amazing. If you go and watch all the old uh, Friars roasts, just like amazing, super funny. And I'm not going to lie. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Whenever I work with Mark Walker, he always calls me Phyllis Diller. Yeah. Why does she call Because okay. I used to sit in the back of the room and I like, I don't know. Like, I know I have a distinct voice or whatever, but I have a distinct laugh. And I, I, I do, like, I'm not... I'm not one of those comedians who like leaves the room during yeah. a show. Like I sit in the back and I enjoy watching comedy and like and you will hear you can hear my laugh. You can hear it. You know what? I, and uh, he I, always calls me, but Mark Walker always calls me Phyllis. Oh, it's Phyllis Diller. Well, the don't back. worry. It doesn't mean you're gonna die. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> I hope you'll be not. fine. I always. She's 95. That's a good life. But, okay. You know what? I was talking with Darren Frost on the phone today, and and he was like 90. Hey, Phyllis Diller died. She's 95. I was like, well, is that a fucking surprise? She's 95. You know, just learn to live out, live, like, just live beyond your groceries. That's all I, you know, if you're 95, it's not really a surprise. I you're think fucking that's amazing. Dying, okay? I think she had a great life. Here's the question for you. Okay? I want to just say one thing. You, you okay. said that you were a girl that doesn't leave the comedy room when other comedians are on. No, you watch I always watch comedy. I'm still like, I like what, I don't know. I like, because you could, I, I've always been the kind of person that. I can't, even if I'm really tired, I go to a party that I don't want to go to. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Because I'm so scared, I'm going to miss a good moment in life. And I think that's what I don't like about leaving a comedy room. It's like, oh my God, what if something epic happens um, when, you know, when I when I could have seen it and I could have been there. Um, example is uh, I was on the show that night that Michael Richards went off and he was right. on TMZ, but I'd seen him so many times that I, I already knew he was kind of like weird and stuff like that. And he wasn't doing stand-up comedy. He was being weird. And uh, I left the room that night, but I was on that show and I missed that weird moment where everybody was talking about it on TMZ the next day, but I was there. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh man, that, that's my. You know what? That, that's I my. Was an, on that show, yeah, I was but, there. But I, I, was like, I know, but that, that's my answer to every police officer. I was there, but I just was not paying attention. <laughs> that's what my. I, I think I you should go with that as excuse for everything. And but anyways, I like. That's why I like. I never leave a comedy room right. now because you never want to. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in a comedy show. That's so I think that's it's so. Great. That's what's great about live comedy. But I yeah, want to just say, yeah, it's it's worth it. You always stay in the room. Always pay attention. You never know what's going to happen. Know, I, I I don't care what motherfuckers on stage. I usually go out of the room and I come back in and I tell them that they had a great set no matter if I saw it or not. It doesn't matter to me. And the point is, I'm Thanks, just being now so, I'm actually recalling a lot of times I'm you told me supportive. I was great. That's well, right. But you were great tonight. But your support is lies. But, all lies. I know, it's, it's based on lies. It's it's not uh, it's not a good thing. Okay, so I have another question going okay. back to the Phyllis Diller thing. Phil, uh, Phyllis Diller died and we want, and before, uh, also, oh, let me just say on this show, we also have a Billy Cowan interview that Darren Frost and Kathleen McGee did a couple of months ago uh, and we were finally going to get a chance to play that. Billy Cowan's a very, very funny guy. Uh, he used to uh, be at Toronto, but then he moved off to Edmonton, and then he got into the radio. He still does comedy out there, so listen up for that interview uh, in the second half of the show. But Phyllis Diller died, and we had a big issue with... Uh, uh, but the RIP... Well, here's my issue with it. Not issue, but this is what I worry about. Um, I don't know. You see all the comedians, and everybody's writing RIP on their Facebook walls and on their Twitter walls. And I feel like... Well, part of me, because I'm such a positive... Like, I'm a happy person. I don't want to have to write RIP on my Twitter wall. Like, I feel like I it's really sad news and you see a ton of RIPs on your Twitter wall and it gets depressing. I don't want to, like, add to that, but then I get scared that if I don't write RIP on my Twitter wall, then all of a sudden, like, 
people are going to think, oh, I don't even care, or I didn't respect that comedian. What do you think, Dave? Like, I just, you know what? I uh, Well, first of all, you don't know them. I think that makes a big difference. That's true. Personally, I don't know and them. And then it's sort of like, well, why does why does the rest of the Twitter or uh, Facebook universe have to know that you're saying it, right? I'm sure that you yeah, wish you wish them to yeah. rest in peace. It, to me, it's always like when someone says, I want to wish my wife a very happy anniversary. It's like, well, why don't you just roll over and say happy anniversary first thing in the fucking morning? <laughs> That's true. It doesn't... Uh, Make a lot of sense. My big issue with saying someone's memorial or, is when people don't don't capitalize their eyes or the person's <laughs> name. Don't you haven't there was there was a, a comic a couple of years ago that died in Toronto and everyone put out their thing and there were some comics that would just hey don't plug your website if it's a memorial yeah, you don't need to that's say true. you know check out my blog or my you know appearance at the Laugh Factory on whatever the don't you don't need to mention your website and second of all was like uh learn to cap how hard is it for you to go shift I miss you. Shift, I will always respect that's, you. How fucking hard is that? No, that's totally true. That's bullshit. Dave I always, just brought death to punctuation problems. I, it, but it's important. And the same. one time that you're going to say something in someone's honor, capitalize your fucking eyes, asshole. I know. And I did love Phil Stiller, I do. And then I did write an RIP, and I, I put a little um, YouTube clip up there yeah. of like one of my favorites. But... But yeah, I still feel awkward where I'm just like, I don't know. I didn't know her personally. I felt weird. But you respect but her. But I feel like I did respect her. So then I'm like, well, people think that, oh, Christina Wakaja doesn't like Phil. She didn't care that Phyllis Diller died. Do you know what I mean? Then I, okay. then I feel like I have to put it on Twitter. The one thing that I do have to say about uh, Phyllis Diller is that we never saw her completely like, we, we never really saw her fade away. And just in the sense that like, you know, she was in that movie, uh, I Comic. Do you yeah. remember that movie, that yeah, documentary? I actually that came just out? watched that recently. Right. So it's a good documentary, and it came out maybe about a year or two years ago, and she's in that. So I, it's always good, in my opinion, that when we don't see, you know, famous people and icons, and that's, you know, get fucking Kirk Douglas, get off the air. I don't care. Yes, you were Spartacus, but don't show up anymore. You're not the guy that we want to remember. And don't you think that's good? When because we never really saw Phyllis Diller be this like, hey, she good. If I... <laughs> we never saw her like that. That's don't you think true. that's cool? That's very true. And so we have we have YouTube clips to remember, her, and even her last appearances in a certain documentary, the iComic, or even yeah. other clips I've seen. You know, she's still, you know, she still has a crazy wig, and she still has those glitter gloves and a glitter yeah. cigarette holder. But it's like <laughs> she still she still looks like the person that we want to remember her by. That's true. And if we're gonna talk about death a little further, um, Tony Scott. Tony Scott died, but I was I said to you earlier that I'm excited anytime Scott directs something, like whether it's Tony or Ridley. And then we were uh, we discussed this off air. That, should we talk about it right now or no? You want? Well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's uh, we'll, we'll go to break. As much as you guys love hearing about comedians talk about death, <laughs> <laughs> we're always the best people to tell you about death because we're always like <laughs> we, we want to talk to you yeah. more about death after oh, by, this break. By the way, your mom died, and here's the funny part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that car that uh, your uh, your uh, dad uh, was driving, and then the car caught fire. Okay, wait, hold this on. The car got fire. The car got caught on fire. And your brother and your sister, you know how they went off with your dad. Okay, your, your dad went to go uh, uh, grab your brother, little brother and sister. They pulled him out of the car that was on fire. And then your dad, for some reason, he went go, to go and pick something up in the car. And then the car blew up and your dad died. Now, here's the funny part. Your brother, brother, and sister are scarred for life. But, okay, the with the insurance. Now, get this. Yeah, no, you don't want to hear something. You don't want your tragedy to come from a comedian, correct? Uh, I guess so. Darren, the good news is Darren <laughs> Frost is not here tonight. But it, Darren it, Frost is- But the, just so you know, like he always gets mad at me because sometimes when I laugh at uh, Darren and Dave, I like go like this. I bang my- I laugh like a black person and I like bang my hand <laughs> on the table. What is I, that? I do. I bang my hand on the table. But I'm going to do it right now. I'm, I'm holding myself back. No, Darren's I just, not here, but he'd be proud of me if he knew I was uh, laughing at okay. you on the air and I wasn't even banging my I, hand on the table. I, 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 I very, I'm you're very, being good. Very white, I'm being very responsible right now. Wh responsible, white, I'm and racist because you said conscious. I laugh. <laughs> I, I, you said you laugh like a black person does, and you have an ass and you bongo, you, you bongo the, the table. That's what I like. <laughs> I, know, I usually bongo the table were, when I laugh. You were delightfully racist, which is what I love about you. <laughs> right. Okay, we're gonna go come back. We're gonna come back. Uh, we're gonna have the Billy Cowan interview with uh, Darren Frost, Kathleen McGee, and uh, then we might get back. Then we'll be about. back with more death. Yes. Well, we're coming back with uh, their interview, their appearance, and then uh, and uh, it'll be wonderful. Okay. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. 
This is Andy Kindler, and you're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. In case you had no idea what you were doing, that's what you're doing. Continue to do it. Wipe off your face. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we are back from the break, and what a break that was. This is Anything Goes for the week of August, the 22nd, 2012, and we're about to go to, we are Darren Free, Fourier, Darren Frost Free this week on uh, Anything Goes, correct, Christina? I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. We are, be, we are both behaving and misbehaving ourselves. Uh, we are going to go right now to an interview that Darren Frost and Kathleen McGee did uh, back in uh a couple months ago uh, with Billy Cowan, a comedian extraordinaire and radio guy out in Edmonton. Here we go. Hello, Darren and Kathleen. We are uh, currently at the Yuck Yucks at the Century Casino in Edmonton, Alberta, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, my career is on fire. Uh, this is where I'm playing to 30 people every show. Welcome to show business. Fuck you, daddy. Fuck you, daddy. Anyways, <laughs> I am here with uh, Kathleen McGee as my co-host, and we are interviewing uh, a great comedian friend to both of us. I've known him for almost 15 or 20 years. Uh, Billy Cowan is joining us in the studio. How are you doing today, Billy? I'm doing great, uh, guys. How are, how are you guys are doing good? Things are things are good. Things are good for me and Very Kathleen. Last night, by the way. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here in Edmonton, so it's, things are great. <laughs> yeah, but you're waiting on you're waiting for your uh, you're waiting for your your, your papers. Your, you're waiting for your papers to leave. Waiting, waiting to become a pedigree. Yeah. Uh, whenever I say papers, I feel like I'm I'm a purebred puppy dog or something. Or yeah. Wow, when I think of papers, I think you're going to be shipped off to a certain place and then in a few months go on a train. Yeah, your papers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm waiting for papers to come back here. You're waiting for papers to get out. <laughs> See how it works. Uh, Billy Cowan has been a comedian for 20, what, 25 years? Uh, June will be my 25th anniversary, although wow. I, I'm, I'm what I say on hiatus. Right, right now. now. I don't tell people I quit. Right. But it's been about two years, actually two years next month, since I've really done a proper set in a club. I've done a couple one-offs, but uh, in, a, in a real club. Or well, it wasn't really a real club; it was right. a laugh shop. But it was. Uh, but it, last time, I've, uh, yeah, it's been two years since I've been in a club. And the first time I met you, just so everyone can understand uh, the the analogy for me, I was this young boy from Brantford. I had all these dreams and hopes, and I'd never done drugs or drank or anything. I went to church every Sunday. I got diddled for a hockey shirt. I did all the things yeah. young people should do. Yeah. And uh, the first time I saw Billy, he reminded me of the character in The Simpsons that drives the school bus. Gatto, want to get gatto. <laughs> Because I used to do an impersonation of him. I, I, I yeah. know that, but you had you had the long hair, yeah. you had the rock and roll attitude, yeah. you got high a lot, yeah, a lot, right? Yeah, I was about, I was about forty pounds ago as well. Yeah, and you did have long hair. That's awesome. I yeah. love I love uh, seeing pictures. Like I think it was at Time to Laugh in Kingston, and I was looking at all of the the headshots on the wall, and they were all from the early '90s, and it's all comics I know today, but it. I don't know what it was about the early 90s, but all the headshots were super cheesy. Oh, yeah. And it was so weird seeing some of these comics just in, like, knowing how great they are, but their headshots are just crazy. Oh, yeah. And you even did comedy headshots, too. Oh, you yeah, I still do. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Well, I shot, I shot the cover for Darren's DVD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've turned into a, yeah. I've, you're I'm an a amazing photographer. photographer. Oh, thank you very much. You I shot, well, I shot some headshots for you. You did, you did. Yeah, <laughs> with the tape on the mouth. He did a tape on the mouth. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my theory is any comic, now Kathleen is out, outside of this category, but most comics that have 8 by 10s with tape over their mouth never say anything that requires someone to put tape over their yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? tape over my mouth, though. Billy put the tape over my mouth. Yeah, but what? you do have some jokes. You well, do have some jokes that justify yeah. that. What I'm tired of are these comics that are like thinking they're edgy oh, yeah. and they're doing fucking Nintendo jokes. Or the guys that, uh, without mentioning any names, you know the ones I'm talking about. They call themselves a triple X act, right? Because they say fuck. You're allowed to mention names on this. Uh, show. Uh, no, I don't want. No, no, don't don't do that. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. But but you, like because they'll fucking say fuck every yeah. fucking second word, and they they might do a fisting joke. Or something, but that's not—they're not doing stuff that makes people's head snap back. Right, like last night, offended. I'm watching. Uh, I was—I've been years since I've seen Darren do a set, mm -hmm. and I think Kenny was—I saw Kenny. It would be probably, probably five years or six years since I've seen you at least. Exactly. And yep. then Kenny was probably about three or four when he was through three or four years ago, and uh, in front of the you know three four dozen people, three dozen <laughs> people who were in here last night, and uh, and and just yeah, their heads would snap and would snap back and. They'd say something, and I would, I'm sitting at that booth over there, and I would just fucking lose it. And I've got, like, a loud, loud laugh, yeah. you know. And uh, they, their heads would just turn around and look at me. And they're like, why aren't you laughing at this? 
Yeah. You, what, you fucking. Exactly. But, you know, that's 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 the world we live in. But um, they were laughing at it. They oh, bought yeah, in. Sure. I don't know how the late show went because it didn't stick around for it, a little it, was, it was fine. It was a little drunkier and a little yeah. more yelly. That's fine. Yeah, that's but, different. you know, the, the comedy's not going to change. And that's one of the reasons that the one thing that I find very interesting about you, you did comedy for about, what, 15 years before? Before I went back moved to Moved into radio? Yeah, well, I went, uh, yes, I started uh, at, the, at the Yucks here in Edmonton. Right. Uh, not in this location. It's actually a strip club now called Showgirls. Okay. And, uh, but the I, same amount of dignity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I go back about three or four times a week to reminisce. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, I, I started there, and it was in 87, right before the big boom took off, you know, with A&E and Evening at the Improv and all that stuff. And they had a great club that's been plowed over for condos since then called the Sidetrack Cafe here in town. Okay, you know I love the Sidetrack. Because oh. I know you started there with, like, Kenny and all of those guys. Kenny was a couple of years before me, Ken Volgartson we're yeah. talking about. He was, he, was a, he was the one, him and Boyd Banks. Yeah, Boyd. Who went by Boyd Coons at the time, his real <laughs> name. Uh, went, went, uh, uh, they were the first couple of guys. Then a couple of guys named Tim Coslow, Bob Angeli started a couple of years after them. And then I came up with a crop of, um, was he would, uh, Paul Sveen is still doing it. Uh, there was a great guy named Jamie Davis who was making way too much money in the oil patch, so he said, fuck it, after a couple of years. He would have he become a great comic. He was really, really funny. Uh, Neil Headley, who I saw on TV today on CTV News Channel, he's got a, a Saturday thing where he does like the week in review, which is really, really good, actually. I started with him, and uh, Sveen would be, and Coslo would be the only guys you'd really are still in the business. See, the Sidetrack Cafe, for people that don't know about Edmonton history, Sidetrack Cafe was a huge music venue mm. to, to Edmonton. Like, every amazing act came through Sidetrack. Oh, yeah. Katie Lang started there. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it, it has so much history. Okay, so it's their fault? <laughs> <laughs> I love Katie Lang. I'm joking. I, I, I oh, really, one of the great singers of all I, time. Man, that yeah. Hallelujah at the fucking Olympics. Oh, yeah. It, it yeah. makes me cry oh, yeah. like a child. Yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, so the Sidetrack was this amazing venue and you guys started comedy there and I remember when I first started comedy um, I would go with Andrew Iwanek and uh, Power Man and stuff like yeah, that sure, we would yeah. go on Sunday nights when they had the open mic because mm-hmm. I wish I'm so bad right now I can't remember the guy that ran it but he would let us come up and he would space out the music and he'd put comedy on oh at the track yeah uh, Claire was the guy or was, but yeah, no this was, was like this is after Claire yeah, yeah this okay, was yeah. and they, had, they didn't do comedy for the longest time and then I found out that you guys had started comedy there and it was so great the comedy bowl yeah yeah and then by the end of it they had moved to that other location yeah and it didn't really last and it, it fell apart months, but yeah. they're the ones that gave me the Kokanee comedy battle that one in Edmonton where they would give me $500 a week to give away to a comic oh yeah and we had like Wilmot come down. Oh, five Augie, a week, holy shit! Augie Smith came down. Like all of these, it was amazing. So losing the sidetrack, I think, was a huge blow to Edmonton, to yeah. the art scene, and to the yeah. music and all. Everything. To the complete art scene all the way around. It yeah, really, it was, it was a great, it was a great music venue. Fantastic I can't even think of a, a replacement that's replaced. No, it really hasn't. You know, I mean, uh, Blues on White plays great blues music, and uh, there's a couple of other. Uh, the one that started is the Bronx, and it's now the Starlight. Yeah, is a is is a good, but that's music. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, some of the local guys have they tried getting a comedy gig off there, off the ground in a the basement there. Yeah, uh, didn't. JP Fournier and a couple other guys. It were. seems like. Somehow the Edmonton music scene is anti-comedy. Like, I tried to do something at the New City Lounge where I would do comics and then a band because yeah. I wanted to bring everything together. But I don't know. The music scene in, in Edmonton is, was very, like, no, we're not going to work with comics. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of – and I've seen it work in other places. But also Darren knows, like, you can't really do comedy before a concert. Like, you can't open for yeah, a band. Yeah, no. I, I did it a few times. Uh, one of the best shows I ever had – uh, she's actually coming to the Century here in a few weeks. Lee Aaron. I opened for Lee Aaron yep. at the Palace in Guelph. Yep. This would have been probably 92, yeah, I mean, like 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And that's when I had the big hair and yeah. the, the big attitude and everything. But and you actually kind of looked like someone who I might have been the in the audience. Yeah, yeah, I looked the part. Right. Yeah, if, if I looked like I did now and I was 49 instead of 29, yeah, yeah. I had a suit and tie yeah. and graying hair, they would have they would fucked you right off the yeah, stage. Yeah, fuck you, oldie. Get up. Yeah. I'm here for Metal Queen. Yeah. And, you know, exactly. yeah. yeah. Now, you moved into radio, which I find very interesting because a lot of radio guys move into stand-up because sure, they're like, yeah. you're so funny, you're yeah. so wacky, morning yeah. radio, yeah, yeah. three-way I, Frank, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I find uh, it was, it's, it's, it's uh, funny you mention that. I, there's been times when I've, uh, like back when I was still doing the both, you know, um, I would meet a comic from out of town or something, and they find out, uh, like, like Mike McDonald, um, I was emceeing for him. 
at the at the old Yucks with uh, yeah Canadian and, legend yeah, yep. yeah oh yeah yeah great, yeah great comic one of the best ever yeah and uh, and and he had found out that I was emceeing he goes oh, I want that fucking radio guy from this morning right ah, fucking radio guy and then uh, I went up and and did a solid job and he found out. Afterwards, it like, oh no, I did stand up for twelve yeah, years yeah, before yeah. I, I got into radio. Well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that because even though I've had very limited experience in radio with this show, there's always this this idea that when we're interviewing someone, like we interviewed Mark Marin, who was great, yeah. but I think he thought we were just radio people that dabbled in comedy, didn't realize that me and Dave were comedy people that dabbled, dabbled in radio, radio yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we got a certain attitude after the show, not in a bad way, but almost yeah. this kind of standoffishness. Yeah, you're and not so, a real comic, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I was wondering because you every. Every single week you interview comics on your radio show. It's a morning show in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. It's a rock station. Yep. Do you ever get that vibe from some of the comics? You don't have to name names, but do you ever get that vibe of kind of like, I'm the comedian, you guys are the radio people? Uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Um, most of the ones we have on play the other club in town, and he, he only hires American headliners. Right. And uh, a lot of them, we have the odd one that's a dud for an interview, but, but American head, because in the States, you, you self-promote yourself. Right. Like you really have to have. And radio's important. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so they have, a lo- most of them have experience in doing it. And I actually like coming on our show, because we don't play any music on the show. Right. And other than fuck or cunt, you can pretty much say whatever you want. Yes, yes. You know, without, with, And you're not reason. also, you're not that traditional morning zoo yeah. radio. Yeah, yeah. We're hey, say, hug, hug, hug. You know, like right. our, my partner Steve has, has, a, has a Barbie horn, but he does that if the joke is supremely lame. Right. Not as a, to enhance it. Yes, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's a real groaner. You know, um, so a lot of them get it. Right. And they actually tell us afterwards, they're like, wow, that was a lot of fun because, mm-hmm. because we, do, we, we don't do that. Uh, um, um, hey, so tell me about yourself. Who yeah. influences you? Yeah. I found that when I was, uh, before I'd gotten into radio, I'd, I'd done a few uh, interviews, and you've, you guys have both done them a lot. Sure. And a lot of radio guys, uh, A, they're not funny. They're, they're, they can deliver the joke off of the, uh, the prep card. sheet. Yep, yep. Um, but they're really not that funny. Some of them have the odd okay but they they don't get the timing of it and i i've done interviews where uh they would you know, like they'd say hey do you want us to set you up for something and i'll say yeah ask me about uh the flight here or ask me about where i'm from or some right something. or something happening in the yeah. news so i would start saying yeah you know i uh, was, uh originally i was i was a i was an army brat i uh i was I lived in moose jaw saskatchewan for a while and before i get to know yeah that reminds me why do they call it moose jaw <laughs> <laughs> you know i was like oh fuck you know so, so a lot of guys dread, as you probably do, dread doing morning radio. Because uh, David Cross has a great bit mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on doing morning radio. It's, yes. it's hysterical. Yes. It's hysterical. Uh, and, and a lot of them are like that. We try really hard not to. We, just, uh, uh, we will ask them if they want to be set up. But for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, let's just rip. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of fun on your show. I remember one time you weren't there. You were away, but I took my pants off because you, like, you had this camera that was set up. It was like some kind of um, webcam. Oh, yeah, right. And uh, so I took my pants off during the interview, and it's the only time I think in the history of the show the webcam numbers went down. <laughs> I, I had just followed some stripper or something yeah, yeah, or some yeah. Playboy bunny. Yeah, yeah, the numbers that's usually really what high. we have them for. Yeah, yeah it was really high. <laughs> and it like, went from 1,000 to like 84 people. You could hear windows closing all over. Yeah, yeah, click, yeah. Click, 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 click. yeah you could hear like tissue boxes being put back inside the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but those 84 people still were whacking off, right? Oh. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, that's the thing. It is. It's not a morning zoo radio yeah. show. Yeah. So we do have fun with it. Yeah. So I think also that would probably lend itself to the longevity of it too, right? Yeah. Because you can be honest. If you guys aren't in a good mood and you're not wanting to be that wacky, 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 you don't have to put that facade on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, um, we also. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're all moody. We're all we all have sure. our egos and, and and shit, and we all for the most part. We get along great. We don't hang out after the show, and I think that's why I think that's why it does well because that's the only time we really talk to each other is when the show's on. So it right. sounds fresh and conversational, and it is, yeah. you know. Um, like I don't think Penn and Teller. I think the whole deal with them is they don't hang out. They only like they don't dislike each other, but they really it's just for the show. Yeah. They do the show. They're very good at it, yeah. and then they have their own lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I mean that's uh, that's how it should be. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, when when I was living in Toronto. And uh, you know, I was there for nine years, and almost all of my friends were comedians. Yes. Um, until I went into a twelve-step program, then I started hanging around <laughs> with more of them because it wasn't so uh, a little more there, toxic. There, were, there to weren't hang that out many of me around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but um, I, but I, I didn't. Uh, anytime I've had a day job at a place or something, I don't hang around with the people I work with, and most right. mo- most people don't. You know. Uh, people who work here at the casino, are they hanging out with each other after the show? Maybe uh, the odd one strikes up a friendship, but for the most part, nah. Yeah, and I find it like, 
you can't just have comedy friends because you'll you'll drive yourself crazy with yeah. comedy talk. Like I have friends that are outside comedy that I go, I can go to their house and not a word of comedy is yeah. spoken and they and I love that. I love that I don't have to be complaining about this or or you know talking about so and so. It's just it is it's important for I think comedians to have something else because once you are only in the comedy world, what are you supposed to observe? What are you gonna? What's gonna go into yeah. your act that's gonna make it fresher? Like, it's, right, absolutely, yeah. Nobody cares about what comics really talk. About. I, and that's why you'll get you'll, you'll get comedians that all they talk about is what they see on TV or what the the shape of the little soap in their fucking hotel room, right? Because they don't really have a life outside of it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll talk about the news or whatever or something, but but. You know, unless you get guys like yourself there, you have, you have, you have kids now. You're, of course. You're I only, I only knock kids. my wife up for the material. Yeah. That is <laughs> Good job. Yeah, exactly. It's killing. Yeah, three, th- three kids. Uh, my sperm aren't uh, that great, but they can swim. That's all that matters. Well, I, re- I remember doing a uh, seminar when I first started when they used to do seminars at the Edmonton Yuck Yucks, and Mike Wilmot was leading it, and he said the best advice I can give you is keep your day job as long as you can because that's the thing that happens is a comic will quit a day job when they think that they should, but then you have nothing to relate to during that. No life experiences, which then kills creativity, which means you're only writing jokes from other jokes you hear other comics doing, and that's the death of anything creative. Yeah, and hanging out with with comedians too much – if, like if that's all you like, there was a time there in like when I was in Toronto that I didn't really know that many people. I had a job at, at Sam the Record Man for a while, but I didn't really hang with anyone from there. Um, but I would hang at the club all the time. I would be there, at, at, you know, at s- almost seven days a week. And when you're hanging with 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 just comedians, and I mean, if you pick the right ones that where you don't talk shop all the time, it's okay. Um, but you just find yourself, yeah, you're talking about, oh, I can't believe this guy got a fucking commercial for this. And, you know, like I would love, I would fucking love to be in Toronto right now for the one reason is that when I left in 1998, Russell Peters was just starting to get a buzz. He was just starting to get to, you know, he'd done comedy now, yeah. and he was starting to get this and that. And, and comics complained and, and he had people gotten going, I can't fucking believe Russell yep. Peters. I remember he got, a, he got a grant from the government to do his special, yes. to do a video thing. And, and people were like, I can't, he got a fucking $10,000 grant from the fucking government. And I went, well, did you apply for he one? Got off. That's the thing that yeah. drives me nuts about comics is they, they'll see someone getting ahead, and maybe they don't like their style of comedy, but yeah. um, they'll see someone getting ahead, and then they forget that that person is working so freaking hard. Ass, yeah. and, they got, and I've fallen into the being lazy trap, and then oh, I'm like, why is nothing happening? And then I get back in, and I start working, and I email people, yeah. and, I, and all of a sudden, work is coming, and I'm getting busier. And yeah. it's like, you know... It, it stop complaining about what yeah. other people are doing and worry about yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there, there, there's so many comedians, again, without mentioning names. But, you know, if you worried about your own career more than you worried about whether Russell got a grant from the government. That's why I'd love to be here now. When, oh, when my actually, God. He's, it's he's, great. He's, he's making $15 million each on the Forbes top ten list. It's I great. see that. I go, oh, I can't imagine what this guy or this guy yeah. must have made their fucking heads explode. But that's, that's the thing is, you know, like, just... It's your own path. No one yeah. else has the same path as you. Mm. No one else is the same as you. If you pave your own path, you'll be successful in your own right. Sure. You know? and, and if you want to sit around and be bitter that you're only doing open mics and you've been doing it for 30 years, well, then that's because you haven't been working hard enough. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I'm not an East Indian dude. Yeah. I, I don't understand how people get so riled up about Russell's success or anyone's success. Yeah. Like, you know what? If Russell was a short, fat, troll-looking dude that was angry at the world and yeah. he was selling out Madison Square Gardens, maybe yeah. then I would climb a grassy knoll yeah, and go, with a fucking gun well, and go Wait a minute, over. I was doing that act first. Right, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I'm, I don't do what he does, and uh, no one else does, and yeah. he's cornered that market, so move on. Yeah, and he has a likability. That is right. like one in a yeah. fucking trillion. Yeah. Of course. You know, like there's just, there's very few comedians. I mean, I got by in stand-up. I had some okay material. Um, I was, do, you I think, was, do you think I you were more likable than material? Part, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, right. fuck, yeah. Uh, I was good at ad-libbing. I, you know, I am yep. a lot, so I got to be quick off the cuff. And I, because I, I'd gotten bored with my with with my act and wasn't really writing as much, you know, I'm not a Derek Edwards kind of guy or Glenn Foster that can just write, 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 right. write, you know. Um, so I, I would I, I would judge if I had fun on a on a night if I if I went up and thought fuck I did 15 minutes and killed and didn't do one joke. I was just talking to them. That's great. Yep. And, and not using hacky lines like, oh, thanks, report to the washroom or yeah, right, know, that kind right. of stuff. But just like, you know, talking to them and coming up with clever shit. That's when I felt, felt the best. Now, you, you did morning radio for how long before it stopped the first time? Well, when I, got, I went to Seneca College in Toronto right. and graduated in 1996. 
Yes, 96. I worked at Chum Radio. For, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a documentary maker. That's, okay. that's what I wanted to do. That's okay. what I kind of excelled at. And I asked, my, I asked uh, my, my, the course coordinator, my mentor, Ron Lowe, I asked him, I said, how do I do, become this is what I want to do. Now, did you want to make the films or, or yeah. just narrate them? I, I wanted to make them. I okay, wanted to okay, be, okay, okay. be a documentary right. maker. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, he said, well, become a, a serious news reporter for a couple of years. Then maybe get something behind the scenes at a, at a production house or a, or a TV station would be a good idea. And kind of take it from there. So that's what I did. That's my, my first three years. I worked at Chum Radio for two years uh, as a news reporter. And I was out in the field and interviewing guys like I remember Mel, that. Mel yep. Lastman and Roger Clemens and covering the big teacher's strike when they had the big, huge rally there at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens and there was 20,000 people outside of it. And a huge, you know, I was the guy they sent, you know. And, and it was great. It was a tremendous learning experience. Then uh, there was a fledgling uh, television station, uh, A Channel, which has since been bought out by... Uh, it's now City TV. Yeah. Uh, it's a pale in comparison to the real one in Toronto. Um, but I, was, I, I worked there as the assignment editor in the newsroom for about a year. And, um, th- and I moved back here because my mom had been getting on in, in years. She'll be 88 this year. So wow. this would have been back. She would have been probably about 75. And she's doing great for 88. I mean, she's, just, she's, she's doing fantastic. Um, but uh, I, I, the, the, the radio job just kind of fell in my lap. I knew Terry from when I first started comedy. He had just moved here from the small market and was working at K97. And they used to have these uh, ski trips to Jasper. And uh, part of the deal was a comedy show on a Saturday night. You'd stay at the Saw Ridge and you'd get your meals and stuff paid for. And then you'd have the comedy show on Saturday. Right. And uh, I was the new guy. This was 87, 88, and I was the new guy uh, uh, had started out. So I, they sent me as the opener because I had a car. So whoever was here on, on the road from Toronto or wherever or Seattle, they, I heard a lot of Seattle guys back in those days, um, I would, I'd, I'd drive out there and be the opener. So, and, and Terry, because he was the new guy with the radio station, he was always the one that hosted it. So I got to know him then, and then he, he left and he went to another station here in town called The Bear, and, and I'd moved to Toronto by then, but I'd, I'd be back in town and I'd call him up and say, hey man, how you doing? He'd say, hey, come on on the show. He was doing afternoons. You know, so he had me on the show a few times in the afternoons. And then, so yeah, when I moved back, it just, it just fell in my lap. And then, so you did the morning, like you guys went from the station was not in first place, right? When you took out over the morning show with Terry, yeah. right? Yeah, oh yeah, it was in the toilet. In the toilet, and you guys made it into the number one station for that time slot, yeah. right, in yeah. this market? We had, we had the number one morning show for adults from And Edmonton is a very competitive years. radio oh, market. Huge, there's, there's way it's too many stations. It's very hard to understand that yeah. across Canada, yeah, way too many how stations. competitive it is in yeah. Edmonton yeah, it's for crazy. its size. Yeah. So you were, you were the number one show, and then things happened. The show stopped. Yeah, things happened. It was a succession of things. Uh, management, uh, yeah, a, a different president of the company, uh, and then uh, he didn't like this guy, and he fired this guy, yeah. and then the program director that was here, who's, who was my mentor in radio, Steve Jones, he thought, fuck this. He left. He went to the States, and then he went to the Caymans. And then uh, the whole thing just kind of imploded. They, they, they got rid of Terry for one reason or another. Then they got rid of Steve, and I was with two other guys, and it was a fucking horrible show. And then they just blew the whole thing up and brought right. Terry back, but they wanted him with two girls, and nothing was working. So, um, so I was. Did uh, you quit was, or you got fired? Oh, I got fired. Oh, no, I was canned. I was walking okay. out of the building. Yeah, yeah. And they, they gave me a great severance package. It was okay. Right. Uh, I'd worked there for seven years, I'd been on for seven years. Or no, uh, yeah, about yeah, seven or eight years, and then uh, was out of it for a year and a half. Became pro photographer because I'd kind yep. of been I'd kind of been gearing that way. I had a year left to my contract. I thought, you know what, if this doesn't resign me, fuck yeah. it, I'll, I'll I'll take pictures. I was starting to get pretty right. good at it. You know, I was starting to get wedding work and stuff. So I went as a photographer full time for a year and a half, and in the meantime, <laughs> it went back in the toilet. So they called up Steve and I, and they said, <laughs> well, can you three guys, you know. Can you get along at least, you know, the Eagles can at least fucking gig. Yeah, can you, yeah. Can you at least be like that? And we're like, yeah, and they oh, stay fuck. at B.J. Woodbury's place, the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, so you know, if I they mean, can get along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that seems like something in radio, because I know you, you like to be, you like to B.J., I just said that. Okay. Um, but uh, it seems like in radio, because I have a lot of friends in radio, yeah. and it seems as soon as somebody new comes in, they feel they got to shake everything up and yeah. move oh, yeah. things around. And it's like, why are you fucking with something that worked? Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, don't under- is that a normal it's, thing in actually, radio? I think it's, I think it's a pro- uh, you see a lot of that in just in the business world yeah. in general. Somebody will, will get a management job. They'll bring in new management. And they can't get their head around uh, that, that, that 
there was that some the guy that was there before them actually had a couple good ideas. Exactly. They can't get their head around that, and and that's what that was a big thing that happened with us. This guy came in. He, I, I, without, Rob Mize was his name. Fuck, I'll never work for him again. Why well, I might as well mention his name. And he came in. He had replaced Steve Jones. Uh, as the program director, and he just blew—he just blew everything up. He, yeah, and he yeah. and he fired some guys and brought in his own buddies, and then it, uh, and and that was like it was—it was, it was already the, the 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 snowball was already rolling down the side of the fucking Matterhorn at this point. But he just like ex- expediated it, and this and yeah, he wasn't totally to blame. There's a whole bunch of things, but it just went from one thing to the other. Blah 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 blah. And when I got canned, I was actually very relieved. You know, there is like uh, I, I remember talking yeah, to you at that, yeah, that era yeah, that you yeah. were like, you know what? I'm tired of getting up every morning. It's a grind. You know, yeah. It's a grind getting up at three or four o'clock in the morning. You know what? You probably can pull that off at 25. But when yeah. you're 35 or 40, that yeah. really is a fucking hard time. Oh, yeah. Well, I started at 35. I was 36 when I started the game. Yeah, like, I'm 49 now. So yeah. I have to really I have to take and I, and I don't take care of myself the way I should. I still right. eat shitty food and I yep. still don't get to. I should be in bed by eight and I'll look at it and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's 10 o'clock. How did yeah, that come happen? Come on, Jersey Shore's on. I got to watch this. <laughs> but the one thing I do find interesting is, is that we were talking before the show started. I wanted to ask you about this is that, you know, it's one thing to be fired from a gig in stand up, but then you think to yourself, if you move into some other area, that probably wouldn't happen to me if I work hard because mm-hmm. I was fired once at a cartoon and I'd never been fired before. Like, I, I've been a very. Hard work ethic was drilled into me from my parents. You work hard, you're respectful, you won't get fired. And then when I was fired, it did fuck me up for a month or two. Even though there is that relief of not having to do it, there is still that sense of, no, they fired me. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I took it it personally. And and one thing without, you know, maybe blowing too much smoke up my own ass here, um, uh, like there's a lot of circumstances that led to it, but a lot of it was other people's bullshit. Right. You know, and that, and that, and not just not not my partners or whatever, but just just other outside influences. Sure. And like I like when when they brought me in, like when I got called into the into the GM's office, and I right away, you know, yeah, you're getting after fired. the show Friday. Uh, yeah, hey Bill, you got a sec? We got to talk, go talk to Randy. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, okay. Yeah. And uh, I I go in there, and you know the long faces and everything, and I, I just I, I I looked at the boss and I said, you know what? You're, I'm the guy that gets thrown under the fucking bus. Right. I've never been late. The right. other guy, Jim, who was the, the one of the replacements, he was late from the first fuck. He was late for his first shift, his first show. And for a year, I had to work with this fucking orangutan, and he was late every fucking day. Yep. And and I, I got to work with you know. And I'm the one. I've never been late in eight fucking years. I took two sick days in eight fucking years. Anytime you ask me to go out to some remote and some bullshit thing here and there, yep. some never, farmers market, never yep. said no. Yep. Never, ne- never said no. Oh, fuck, I'm not doing that. I'm above that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, never. And he said, well. You know, it was from down east. It wasn't our decision and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, let me see the severance check. Okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can pay off my debts and buy a new camera. Fuck you guys. Right, and move into photography, which is is probably more your passion now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is my passion now, and that's a big reason why I'm not doing stand-up at the moment. I always promised myself, guys, and I I imagine you have the same kind of feeling. If I ever became, again, no names, if I ever became one of those comics that just mailed it in every night. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to be this. like that. I didn't yeah. want to be that guy that just came yeah. and did the, you know, the, the, you, you know, you do a joke about a car and you just change the, the, the fucking year of it. To, yes. uh, the yes. 2004 Ford pig, you know, I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to be that guy. Well, I mean, obviously, though, because you said already that you moved away from your own material to just riffing because you were tired with Mm -hmm. it. And then if you just don't have even the not the ability, but the uh, the wherewithal to continue just riffing, you should stop. Yeah, because if you if you're not in the moment riffing, you're going to bomb and then you're going to feel bad about yourself and you're going to go back to the material you don't want to do. And that doesn't help anyone's ego and and it doesn't make you want to keep doing it. Yeah. And also, I uh, um, one thing about it was uh, I. uh, because I had two other careers, yeah, and you know, I was I was married. At this <laughs> yeah. point. I was married yeah. at this point too. Sure, you know, I got to spend time with my family. Yeah, I wasn't going up very often. And if you want to work on new stuff, as you know, you got to be going up every night. Like yeah. when I lived two, in three Toronto, times a week, I you went up to. every fucking place I could. Yeah, I, I, I was I, there wasn't a week went by that I, d- I didn't do at least a couple of sets, if not five or six. You know, and when it was you know I would work a weekend and then not work for three weeks. And go back. It would take me a couple of shows just to get my legs back, and then I'd have a couple of good shows, and then I wouldn't have another gig for three weeks. Yeah, people don't realize when you go to a Thursday show, if that comic hadn't worked in a long time, that's why you probably should look at his schedule and maybe go to the Saturday show. Because yeah. by Saturday, yeah. Yeah, by the they're time. firing on all yeah. cylinders. Yeah. Thursday's like, what joke should I do? Friday, I remember the order of them. And Saturday, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. You can al- yeah. And you can always tell when – you can see it when a comic's lost it, lost the love of it. Yeah. You can see it. You can see it in their act, how they haven't written a joke in a year. 
And there's a lot of comics out there that haven't written a joke in a year, in five years, but they're just grinding it out. And I yeah. always feel like saying, okay, do the corporates, do the little extra things, but get out of the clubs and let the people yeah. that are actually working on it and still love it yeah. get on stage. And if you're going to go to the clubs, then, then, then work on something. Work on something. Don't Something. And don't go up and say, God, I got some new stuff, and it's all old. Like, they're, yeah. stop yeah. lying to the crowd. The comics in the back know what's going on, and yeah. you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. You know what? I yeah. always, I, yeah. I do agree with you, yeah. on, like 90% of that. But there are that 10% of comics that come in. They have not Renee new jokes, but they're great people. Mm-hmm. They kill. Yes. And they're respectful of the audience, and they don't walk off stage thinking they're doing new stuff or yeah. changing the world. Yeah. Yeah. All they want to do is entertain those people, and as long as they have that attitude, I have no problem with that Absolutely. in the club. Yeah, me too. Right, like a Steve Brinder. I always use Steve oh, Brinder yeah, as an example. Yeah. Right, a great comic, a great guy. He doesn't want to write new jokes. It, it's not broken. He's not going to fix it. Yeah. But he's not sitting there calling me, going, "Hey, Frosty, this new bit I did on Thursday is yeah. killing." Steve he's also like, has a career of his own. He's a teacher. Exactly. He has his own. Exactly. Thing going. Yeah. So. Bitter and angry. That's the thing. It's the yeah. bitter and angry ones that are who you know who all these new punks or whatever. And it's yeah. you know, if you if you're worried about new punks, then start writing yeah, or yeah. stop. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, keep up with the like times. Like Darren writes a new hour every single year. He's not worried about anyone. I hadn't seen Darren. In in, yeah. in you know it was, it was a while since seeing him. Five years. Yeah. The the whole fucking act was different. Yeah. There's not very many guys. Uh, gals, sorry, Kathleen. There's not very many comedians. I always thought he was one of the guys. I know. I even with even with the yeah, she gets that all the time. Even with the she whips her cock out a lot. Yeah, so even it, with the stupendous yeah. rack, I always just, rack, I always considered you one of the guys. I fuck, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, just about the idea <laughs> of, of comics writing new material. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, fuck, what was it? <laughs> well, just because he hadn't seen me in five. Oh, years. Oh yeah, I hadn't seen you. Oh yeah, yeah. So sorry, I hadn't seen you so long, and like there wasn't even. One bit that was like, right. oh, one of my favorites. I'll pull that one out. The, right. The cleanup on aisle four or five and six yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Whereas, I, I don't know how many, like very few. And I mean, even the real upper echelon guys that, that, that are the great writers will still keep a couple of things. Yeah. For years but, you and know, years. It, it, and, and, yeah. it's, it's all about who you look up to in comedy. When I was a kid, I looked up to the guys who always wrote a lot of stuff. Yeah. And when I started comedy, the comics I started gravitating towards uh, in the beginning, I very much looked up to Kenny Robinson and mm-hmm. Mike Wilmont, mm-hmm. who are known to write a lot of new stuff, yeah. Yeah. and Mark Walker, yeah. undervalued and underrated in this oh, country. He's the most writes, underrated comic in the business. Writes a ton of new material. And they're the guys I hung out with because I think you gravitate towards what you want to influence you in a positive way. Yeah. And that's why I started hanging out with Kenny and Mark yeah. and seeing Mike whenever I could because he travels so much yeah. and they're the ones that influenced me I'm not doing anything new I'm just doing what I was told to do as a young comic yeah. I may not benefit you do anymore it doesn't matter if you write new jokes it doesn't matter if you do nice things it doesn't matter there's other reasons success happens absolutely but I'm not in it for that reason I'm in it for the reasons that was influenced by me of writing new material and putting it out there and you know, there are some young comics doing it, yeah. not as much because of the internet generation. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the world, it's a lot, you know, I risk of sounding like my dad here. But sure. It's, it's, uh, things are, it's a lot different world than it was 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. It's like, hard, it's, it's hard really to compete different. with football in the groin when I can see it in China and fucking the Korean version of football in the groin yeah, yeah. and the North American version of it yeah. on YouTube. I just yeah. got to put football in the groin and I've got 20 choices. Yeah. It's hard to compete with that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, they talked about the, the generation before, like 10 years ago, about the, the MTV generation. Sure. So, so short attention span. Fuck, now compared, oh, to, compared to 10, 12 years it's ago? It's so much crazier. And, oh, yeah. and, and anybody can get on and become Twitter famous or YouTube famous. And then, and then suddenly, you know, they have one talent that everybody loved. And then they're expected to be, a, you know, a role model and, <laughs> and stuff. Oh, yeah. and it's like, no, he just, he just farted into a balloon and then popped it. it <laughs> yeah. Is there a video for that? <laughs> I'm stealing it. I'm but, stealing yeah. it. But, but e- that's my closer. But, even, <laughs> but the you problem told, is, wait, wait, you told me that you that I could bounce on a bouncy ball and get lots of money because there's yeah. a. What, are you I have serious? a friend. I have a friend who would pay you to do that. A lot of money. Because I need some money. Right, we'll talk. <laughs> okay. But you know, even the internet's killing radio. Let's be honest. I mean, this oh, is yeah. a, you know, it, the people are listening to their iPods and yeah. listening to. Well, your you know, goddamn little satellite thing ain't doing a lot for commercial radio. No, I understand that too. But I mean, that's also in trouble too. The internet's going to kill everything. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, as far as local radio, like I do, like a morning show. Sure. Those they will always be there yes. because people want their local content. Yes. They want to hear some, three guys making jokes about about the dumb 
cunt that was running for uh, premier yeah. or about how the, the wild rose party. Yeah, the, the goofy yeah. thing that yeah. the mayor said, or, or they, they want to know what why traffic on the on the Groat Road is fucked up right now. Yeah. They want that. But as far as like the big radio stars, as far yeah. as uh, like listening to it twenty four. Seven. That's why it's so, it's so niche oriented because yes. you know people will say, "Well, fuck, you're, you're a classic rock station. You guys just play the same few hundred songs over and over and over." So you get, yeah, but you're not like everyone else. Everyone listens for like 20 minutes here, yes. 20 minutes there, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes yep. there, and they don't leave it on all day long. It's very rare that you see that. Now, the, the only times, to tell you the truth, if I leave it on all day long, was I, and I, I don't have XM right at the moment. I had it in my truck for, for about four years. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm looking into getting a new vehicle, so I'll probably get it again sometime. But uh, I loved it because it, that was so niche-oriented. Like, I don't yes. really... I, I don't like the classic rock stuff because I've just heard it so many fucking times. Right, right, right. I like jazz. I like, I like, I like yeah. old Miles Davis shit. And yep. there's a station there's on There's a whole XM. fucking channel That's for that. That's all they play. Exactly. And there's one that plays nothing but new progressive jazz. Right. And I love that shit. You sure. Know? But I, I do think that, unfortunately, uh, we're all in a little bit of trouble with yep. the way people are listening to, even now with DVDs. I mean, comics is seeing that in merch sales, you know? It's like, I want to hear it on my iPod, and that's about yep. it, you know? And, and that shapes the world. And, you know, maybe in 10 or 15 years, it'll be different, and it'll be all 3D, and I'll be able to just whack off in my hotel room, and that gets yeah. beamed out. You it'll know? be a hologram of your jizz flying well, across, you know, the, across well, the I can the arrange stage. it. It doesn't have to be a hologram for that. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be a hologram for that. You're uh, in two-pack, jacking off on the well, oh, yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll be Biggie. He'll be too <laughs> For different reasons. Do you think that they're – I was just talking to this uh, with Sam Tripoli who we had – we were talking about this last night. Do you think that they're going to have Carlin as a hologram? You can go see Carlin. You can go see, you know, all the, uh, the greats that are hmm. gone. Do you think I, the thing is, I, I see Carlin all the time as a hologram. I put his DVD on and I yeah. squint, yeah. and it doesn't come through all the way, and that's a fucking hologram. <laughs> I mean, give me a fucking break. I, I don't understand this whole fucking hologram bullshit. It's, it's the fucking weirdest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, I never would have thought that would be something people get excited about. Seeing people uh, performing with dead performers is a little... I mean, for a one-off thing like that one with Tupac, okay, yeah, you know... And, and novelty. Natalie Cole singing with her dad as no, a that one-off. Creepy. Yeah, that, that was creepy. Yeah, that was It was creepy. It was, it was creepy. But again, it was a one-off. But, I mean, are you going to go on tour with a fucking hologram? Are you but, gonna... that's, but you never... People were so excited about Tupac. Like, people went nuts. And it was like, they're going to start doing this more and more. And yeah. it's going to get creepier and creep, like, creepier. But the thing is, like, I don't know... I, I know the internet moves so fast and everything, but at least there's the one chance that maybe you could fu- you could figure out what the next thing is. Like, like for example, Russell Peters figured out the internet. Yeah. And yeah. Dane Cook fi- figured out yeah. MySpace. Like, oh, yeah. those are the guys, and that's one of the main reasons, and, and I'm sure they both will admit. Oh, 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 I oh, got yeah. a hologram coming. I'm not even dead. Yeah, I'm not even dead. I got yeah. a hologram coming. Oh, yeah. So that yeah. you can tour all over the place. We're going to all be holograms one day. I'm kind of excited. I think there was a show in the 80s called Jen and the Holograms, I think. They Jen, were really on the not, fucking... Not Jen and the Holograms. It was Jem, and I was a huge fan of Jem. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, I was, uh, yeah, I was... I don't remember it. I don't know. She's young. Uh, Okay. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you, Billy, for coming. That's that's fast. It's fast. For four hours. Uh, If people want to get in touch with you, photography-wise or anything, give out your uh, your webpage. Uh, BillyCowan.com. Cowan with an E. Okay. Uh, Or on on Facebook, Bill Cowan Photography. Twitter. Uh, Yes, I am Bill Cowan. Okay. C O W N. All right. Simple, Great. Simple like that. And uh, listen to him on K97 on the internet. You can listen yeah, to him yeah, every K97. morning. Yeah, K97.ca. Yeah. Okay. 530 to 9 uh, Mountain Time. All right. Monday Perfect. Friday. Terry, Bill, and Steve show. Wow. Sexy. And, I still uh, haven't had Kathleen McGee on. Local talent, right. Kathleen McGee, but whatever. I'm not going to complain about that. Whatever. Oh, the politics really? of the business. We never had local comedian Kathleen. Edmonton does not support local comedians. No, no, Breakfast no, no, television no. did. You know what? But I, I used to complain about it when I started here. And again, in Toronto, it's the same thing. They don't, they don't, they, it's very hard to get press in Toronto. I can't get in the arts magazine here. I can't get in the journal. I can't get in the sun. I can't get on regular radio. It's like oh, weird. It's brutal. And I used to really complain about it, you know, back yeah. when I was starting. I was like, well, you know, I'm getting, you know, because if you're a band, it's easy. Yeah. They'll, they'll put any fucking, yeah. any fucking four guys, well, whatever, it's, you comedians, know. Comedians, it's like they're like, well, you're not really a name. Well, can you help me become a name? Yeah. Like that, I need yeah. you to help me become a name. Is that catch 22? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So.
but I'm available. I'm around. So. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can. I'll see. If, it's not my train set, but I'll see I if I can change see. it. <laughs> yeah, choo choo choo. Pull a train. It's Kathleen McGee. <laughs> and on that note, thanks to everyone. Thanks for listening, and see you later. And that was our interview with Billy Cowan uh, at the Yuck Yucks in Edmonton. Uh, this is the week of August 22nd. Second. And we'll be right back. That was we'll be, great, right? Yeah, that was no, the best no, you've ever that heard. Was, that was fast. That was the best <laughs> we ever heard. We'll be, we'll be right back with the conclusion of Anything Goes. <laughs> this has a, ooh, the conclusion of what could they... Can you tell him multitasking and sending a DM at the same I time? I think so. Okay. We'll be back. We'll be back. Proving once again cats are smarter than humans, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Yeah, this is Dave Maha, stand-up comic from Toronto, and you're listening to Anything Goes. Listen to it. At least your life isn't as sad as ours. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, we are back, and we are Darren Frost free again this week. He is off in Halifax, or Halifax, as I like to call it. Uh, why do you the, call it Halifax? Why do I call it uh, Halifax? Yeah. It's because it's the home of Peter North, uh, Canada's greatest porn star, in in the in the male category. Do you know, <laughs> do you know who Peter North is? <laughs> no. 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 He's the guy that lo- constantly looks like he's. All, it's the first time he's ever gotten a blowjob. He's like bug eyed, and he's looking down, and he's like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Right, and he'll look down, and this and this uh, woman has his penis in her mouth, and he's like, "Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever." I'm Peter North. He doesn't sound like that at all, but that's he's from Halifax, and he's a uh, he's like he's uh, he's he crosses over generations of porn. He's from the eighties, nineties, two thousands. He's a good-looking. You'd be like, oh. I don't it, want to make it, my it, sound sound more pure than I am because I'm not. But I don't know. You don't know porn your '80s stars. porn, man, porn no. man. I don't you know, like. I do don't even make it to the end of the credits. Usually, oh, really? I'm like three minutes in and do I'm what, done. You know, do you know what's sad? I could what? probably identify Peter North's cock <laughs> in a uh, lineup. Oh my God. If you had a lineup of cocks, I could be like, that's Peter North. <laughs> I know. This is. I've seen it fuck a lot of chicks. I swear oh to. I don't. God. Why, and why would I make that up? I swear to God, man. Why would I make that shit up? We were talking about Phyllis Dillers earlier. Phyllis Dillers. We just got back from a Billy Cowan interview with uh, uh, Darren Frost and Kathleen McGee. Now we're, you wanted to get back to uh, people that have died and Tony Scott. We were talking about death. Oh, yeah, Tony Scott. And which I think is interesting because I'm a big fan of him, like his work. And I love Ridley Scott as well. I think both of them are great. And... Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, suicide. <laughs> wait, wait. Well, I mean, a suicide, he jumped off obviously. a bridge. Yes. Do we suicide. know that if he's do, do we know if he wrote a suicide note? He did. He left it in his car. I don't, oh well. Okay. And well, driving in LA is kind of yeah. tragic. But this, would you really? You, I think. Well, the more interesting thing of all, I think about it is: Do you think that? Do you think that LA gets depressing after a while? If you've been there for a long time, you've had success, and maybe it's coming down, or maybe you can't reach that same high again. Do you think that I don't know? Because I, I mean, you know, Joe Baudelaire, who's right. like a, a Canadian, who lived down there, and he killed himself not too long ago. A but successful, do you think that, a Cana- a successful, <laughs> a successful Canadian. Stop thinking up here. about your Halifax point. I know, I know, Let's my Halifax, my icon of Peter North. Um, talk right now. But uh, I know that if uh, if you're down in L.A. and you're not making it, it must be very hard because you are constantly surrounded by show business and c- surrounded by other yeah. people that are not making it. And, or, or No, they're either making it, and if they're not making it, you probably don't want to hang around them because why hang around with someone else that's going to you know bum you out? I could see, like, at a certain age, L.A. getting really depressing. Yeah. Like, if you're, you're not on fire, you're not the—I well, well, feel like more people— you know, I don't know, even just being a comedian sometimes, I, you know, and I've done comedy in L.A. before, and I, I sometimes I get this idea that the people in the crowd watching the comedy show, they don't want to pay attention. They want attention. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's I feel like there's there's definitely like a, there's a bit of a hurt children playground going on in L.A., and when they come to L.A., they might be hurt children or somebody wasn't nice to them in high school. They yeah. go to L.A. and they prove everybody wrong. They're well, talented. They make it. But then, you know, everything is so trending in L.A. and everybody lasts. I, I think Tony's. I think Tony Scott was brilliant. I think he did amazing things. But I don't know. Do you think he was on a weird kind of come down where he's like, what, what, what's next? Well, I can I can I. 
top what I've done? Am I going to top my brother? Well, What's I've, going on? And do you think well, it's like, oh, I don't know. I, I'm not a depressed person. I'm a happy person. I think, I, I, think, I think every achievement that you have in show business that you were, it, it's not, it's, I think, especially for directors too. But I mean, I think oh, it's such a fucking tough thing to answer because you want to think that like you're only as good as your last picture and that's what people judge you on. But he right. had so many great, that he did have some great movies. He had like, Top Gun, which I remember when it came out being great. I haven't seen it in a million fucking years. But, uh, but and also he'd be like, oh, that's a lot of time to think about, you know, how you're going to die and shit like that. Uh, my whole thing with uh, death is, and it's, to it's terrible that we lost uh, uh, Tony Scott. Tony. Yeah, I, keep I, on, I keep on get fucking getting him mixed up with the Ridley thing. Um, the one thing um, that, uh, yes, we, we did lose Tony Scott, but a recent thing, my, my new recent way to deal with death is that I just imagine that they never want to speak to me ever again, and they've just uh, decided not to talk to me. That's that, it? That's, that's it, yeah. So I, I try to imagine, oh, I'm friends with Tony Scott, and he never wants to talk to me again. Oh my god! That's just my I new way like of I feel like I've had a death. very morbid twenty-four hours between Tony Scott, Phyllis Diller. Last night, me and Jen Grant watched Ghost because yeah. I watched the Cosmo Network uh, every Sunday night because I like Sex and the City reruns, and and Ghost was on TV. But yeah, did you, I heard you te teared up at Ghost? I did. I did tear if you, up. If you have the a movie's twenty-two years old, I started bawling. If you I had have, to be really creepy about it. Like Patrick Swayze really is a ghost now. Do you, do you think when you die, you die at your most beautiful? Even if you are a ugly, ugly beast when you die, do you think you when you go to heaven? If there is a heaven, you're at your most best looking. I don't even think about last call, let alone my death, because oh. it's too. Okay, well, <laughs> it's too morbid to think about. I don't want to think about negative things. Okay, like don't bother then. I want, well, just uh, I wanted to touch I on your. Know. Okay, we we are very much out of time. I wanted to touch on uh, your vegan farts, but we'll get to that in another episode. I've been vegan. It's my fourth week being a vegan. I haven't had cheese, and you know what? I'm not as gassy as I used to be. Oh. Tell your friends. Celebrate. Celebrate. Uh, I want to uh, I want to thank uh, Frank Trachtenberg for uh, being in the boardroom on the other side of the glass, making us sound so good every week. And I want to thank uh, our uh, our other producer, uh, Victoria, for making us sound as good as we do. Yay! Uh, next weekend, you are going to be in Vancouver, correct? I'll be in Vancouver this week. Coming to Yak Yaks, unless you're my parents. Then, and I'm, um, I, I hope you don't even know I'm there. No, and I'm going to be lovely. Just <laughs> sure, they are. And I'm going to be with uh, Darren Frost at the Fan Expo this year, uh, uh, down at the uh, exhibition play or the, where the, wherever the fuck the fan expo is Darren Frost and I will be there and uh, thank you once again for listening and uh, take Canadian care Comedy of Awards this Sunday don't forget and about the that. Canadian Comedy Awards I hope we come back winners thank you very much everyone if you voted for us if you oh, didn't bless. go fuck yourself and uh, take care of each other we're cute I smile and wave.